welcome back to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, he's Steve, and there are many paths to travel in episode 313 today, March 28th, 2023. We're going to be catching up with each other before going right into our topic of the day, which is... Octopath Traveler 2 Gameplay Impressions. So before we get started, though, make sure you click on that subscribe button as well as that notification bell. That way you will not miss a single solitary episode of Joygasm. It drops once a week each week. Steve, how the heck are you? Ah, oh, Russ, it's already starting to be a long week. A long Let week already. Put it that way. It's been a... It's only Tuesday, but it's starting to feel like a long week. Ooh. I'm sure people can uh, identify. Titty Twister Tuesday, huh, Steve? Uh, yes. Mm. I'm sorry to hear that, Steve. I'm sorry to hear that indeed. My week's actually going by not fast, but I mean, it's in that general direction. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's good, Russ. Indeedy Rudy. Very good. You know, I think it is worth mentioning that uh, there is a, a kind of a, an upcoming um, change of events that's going on with the show that I think it's, it's uh, you know, proper to be able to let the, the fellow viewers slash listeners know, which is that this bodacious bro over here, uh, he is going to be not as present for um, the future Joygasm podcast episodes, uh, just because you've, uh, you've... I'm trying to earn money. Yes, I was going to say... Trying to further my career and pay for a family. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to get out of the parents' basement. That's what I'm trying to do, Russ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Essentially, life is, is happening for you. Uh, and so, essentially... You just need to um, have more time to be able to focus on yourself as well as as uh, your your spouse and uh, be able to forward yourself in the game of life. Is is that a pretty good explanation for the time being? Yes, there are some obstacles, some hurdles I must overcome before I can advance in life. Some building blocks. It happens going to take a little bit of time, but it's got to be done or else I, um, well, I'm going nowhere, Russ. <laughs> I'm not going to go anywhere. <laughs> I appreciate your candor. Oh boy. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Not nice in terms of why you're doing it, but, uh, explanation. Very good. So what you can expect is, uh, Steve will continue to be here for the next couple of episodes no problem. Um, like we just mentioned, this episode is going to be uh, focusing on Octopath Traveler 2. And then next week, we're actually going to be having the Resident Evil 4 remake Ooh. gameplay impressions. So he'll be here for that as well. Beyond that, it's going to be kind of a touch and go situation. So in those particular episodes uh, where he's unable to join, it'll just be myself. And I will be monologuing. <laughs> to all of you Russ you can sit at the center of the table if you want to that is true <laughs> I, I could kind of 
scooch over to the center uh, on those those particular. You don't episodes. have to sit over there like, hey, I'm here. You can maybe. sit front center. We'll see, like, or maybe I could get like a cardboard cut out of you and just keep you in the seat. So I just kind of like look over at you, like, uh-huh. just be my 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 black and white Twitter profile pic. Slapped yeah. up against the cardboard cutouts. Exactly. <laughs> now we'll, we'll we'll continue on. You'll be yeah. uh, also receiving the same type of schedule, same type of production value and goodness. Uh-huh. Just not necessarily the, the the bro banter on a on a regular basis. So you know we'll be happy when you're able to to come over and and be able to bestow your. Uh, you know, your, your presence to everyone. Ah. So. But aside from that, uh-huh. what have you been playing? What have you been watching lately there, Steve? Well, Russ, what have I been watching? I've been watching a lot of behind-the-scenes John Wickiness. Ooh. God, I've been thinking about it ever since last week. Yeah. I feel like we're going to need mm. to watch that movie together since we didn't see it the first time together. I would be down. I really hope that movie is... I mean, it already is successful. I just want it to receive as much success oh, yeah. as it possibly could earn. I um, just, everyone I've spoken to has very much enjoyed themselves at the movie. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you yeah. heard of how much it made over the weekend, right? Yeah. I mean, I, so I was thinking it was going to make more than that. Uh-huh. I was actually surprised. I mean, I think people are just not going to the theater as much as they used to. Well, I also think too, that when you think about how the film, once again, it's almost a three hour long film. Yeah. That means you can't fill those seats as that often. Is, like you're, you're essentially yeah. losing out on maybe mm. one or two additional showings per day. So just, there is that. They should just toss out some of the other movies and play John Wick. Did you see how like it's got currently, I think it's like a 96% fresh on uh, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. 96, 97, yeah. And that's actually the highest, I believe, uh, the John Wick series has received. If you look at like the, the various ratings of on Rotten Tomatoes, the the number, the percentage number, I think has continued to go up with each subsequent sequel. 96%. Ooh, delale. I was watching a behind the scenes dealy do, and they were showing, uh, or Keanu, they, they were talking about how Keanu, because he's aging, you he can't just do like the same martial arts as sure. he always has. Been. Yeah. So they're trying to deal with other moves, jujitsu, judo, uh, you know, different different styles and or different moves so that he could still do that in. Uh, he's like fifty eight, I think yeah. he is, yeah. and so it is, it's not as taxing on him, but it looks just as cool on t- on TV. Yeah, and then they went a little further back, and they were showing how he was like drifting the car to, to shoot, and how he was like you know picked up the gun, and, like all that. He's doing like everything. Yeah, were, he's doing more of his stunts than than not. Yeah, uh, which is just crazy awesome. Um, all those like the horse you know, filming stuff on the the John Wick three, you know, all that was him. Motorcycle stuff, while well, that was him. Yeah. Um, the jumping out of the buildings and stuff. I mean, they all you know, <laughs> straps on him, whatever, whatnot. But I mean, all he's doing everything. Yeah. So, anyhow, it's it's it's, it's you know, a movie's good when like all the behind the scenes stuff is like just as entertaining yeah. as watching the movie. Like, man, I'm soaking this up. What about that though, Rose? Oh. Resident Evil Four came out. I assume you have uh, dipped the proverbial toe into that game already. Oh, I'm trying to make a sound effect. 
I think it sounds good. There, oh, yeah, it's that got that even better. Good. That was what I was trying to do right there. Uh -huh. uh, so, yes, I have been playing a little of that during the day. Octopath <laughs> at, during at the work. night. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that in between calls. Yeah! Yeah. Good <laughs> for you. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on a second, I'm picking up a box of handgun ammo. Oh, no, I mean, in the game, in the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Virtual. <laughs> I need to get an herb. <laughs> Not to smoke either. I need to be healing myself. <laughs> Have you ever seen that uh. show Breaking Bad? <laughs> Anyhow, uh, you know what I'm behind on, though, Russ? I'm behind a couple episodes on The Mandalorian. Mm. Well, well. So before you go into that, though, uh, you know, can you provide like a a, a very brief reaction to uh, your your Resident Evil adventures? Well, first and foremost, uh, keep ray tracing on, uh -huh. uh, because I I first I'm a fan of like very smooth frame rate. Oh, so that's yeah. what I did at first. And then I went, you know, I, just, I really want to see it. And so I turned it back <laughs> on and the graphics are better. And I don't really notice that much of a dip in frame rate. So it's like, oh yeah, you can do 60 frames. <laughs> How much is it with, with ray tracing? 59. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's that, but it's so smooth. It's like, unacceptable. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's what frame rate, but it's totally smooth. You barely notice the difference in frame rate. So yeah. keep the ray tracing on. Yeah, very nice. Um, but yeah. Uh, it's been a while since I played it, Russ. I, well, yeah, the original came out back in what year? It was a while ago. I mean, it was two thousand. Were you in high school? No. When that game came out, I want to say it was no. I think I think it was in like junior college or something. I don't know. Okay. Um, uh, it was a while ago. I mean, it was a while ago. I remember seeing you. Like you actually, you showed me some areas that you were at within the game. And that was a yeah. long, that, that was back when you had your teeny tiny TV. Yes. <laughs> hey, that teeny tiny TV. I'll have, you know, could easily be loaded in the car and brought to halo parties. Oh, absolutely. So yes, it was small, but it was portable. Oh, I'm not making fun of it. I'm just saying it was a teeny tiny TV. That's right. It was 19 inch. My 19 incher. <laughs> that was before all the uh, CRT. Yeah, I was gonna say all the all the flat screen TVs yeah. were coming out. Get a little workout in before the Halo party. Oh, it's carrying this TV. It's 150 pounds. <laughs> Man, that one actually reminds me of how back in the day, even PCs, when you would have like a, a LAN party or something, and you'd have it's the whole bring your own PC thing. And how like those monitors were so heavy. If you had like a 21 inch CRT monitor, whatever, man, I don't even know like what all they put in the guts of that monitor, but they were so stupidly heavy. Yeah. Glass. Mm. And cables. Yeah. So in terms of the game itself, though, uh, are you excited? Are you happy? I am uh, so far, it has been less scary than I remember. Maybe Ooh. just because they're not zombies. They're, well, I don't want to tell you. Have you started playing I have, I have not. I guess I'll be quiet then. Well, yeah, that, that's what I was saying. Just a little brief, super brief, like just a just little, little tasty taste of, uh, of what you're, like basically, are, are you happy with it? Uh, I would say I'm not 100% with it. Oh! So far. 
Uh, I remember reading IGN's review, and I'm like, okay, so I'm looking forward to it. But the, the all the previews didn't make it look quite as good as I was hoping. Hmm. So this, I am still in the very beginnings of the game, but uh, I was kind of hoping it would be better. Oh, oh. Remains to be seen. I guess we'll have to talk more about it next week. Yeah, but uh, yeah, as as far as uh, my experience with it, I was just looking at the the main, main menus and that was it. I, I, <laughs> I didn't I didn't get into any playing. I just wanted to see <laughs> the menu and like be able to look at some of the because uh. they they have that bonus content and right. You know, I you know that's as far as I got <laughs> menu. <Ooh. laughs> okay, I'm done. Oh, go go. <laughs> Time to go to bed. Back to Alcopath. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so in my case, uh, I have been noticing um, a lot of news coming out of E3. I don't know if you've been paying attention to that or if you've seen anything, any kind of uh, morsels regarding it. But it, it looks like E3 is on life support. Like, I, I don't know if E3 is actually going to happen this year. And it's not necessarily like a huge surprise that you have all the major publishers who are basically going to like have their televised stream presentation kind of thing that they've been doing for the last few years. But I don't know what that means in terms of the future prognosis of the conference itself. And for me personally, it's like, while I understand that from like a, like say a financial perspective, it makes sense for these publishers to not have to spend as much money, like putting together like some sort of really awesome stage and lighting and who, you know, who knows how much they, they pour into that. But at the same time though, a part of me is grieving that because I always enjoyed, it was, it was like the one time in the year that like all the gamers could come together and see like what all these developers are working on. Even if you didn't have like, certain consoles, you were still curious to see like what the other consoles had. And I don't know, it just felt like a great opportunity for the gaming community to come together and just celebrate games. And we just seem to be in danger of losing that because the current trend or fad is to maintain this more online presentation. Hmm. I think you're probably in agreement to that assessment. Yes, I would be. I would say that that they would come out with it. Yeah, I could kind of see how it'd be a bit, uh, not a waste of money. That's not saying it right. But at some point, I think they want to hold on to as much money as they can, especially all the millions and billions of dollars that they're spending on trying to acquire all these, you know, studios and whatnot. They're trying to probably trying to save it where they can. So if they can. Not rent out a big venue, and they can just put a video together with uh, you know head honchos and show us some some game clips. I think everybody would be happy. Yeah, and it's cool to see it in person. I mean, it's you know, but it's I, cool to see in person. I would rather have something versus nothing at the same time. I do, you know, in, in terms of what they have shown, generally speaking, on the more of like the, the online streaming side of things. I really haven't been all of that impressed with the presentations themselves. I mean, they, they get the job done. Right. But for, but to me, it's like when you have the in-person press conferences that you can watch where like they're at, like, I don't even know like where they typically meet if it's like the San Diego 
convention center or where I, don't, I can't remember exactly where they do it, but I, I definitely prefer having them actually at a physical location. There's a lot more thoughtfulness that goes into like the stage, like what I was saying, like, you know, in terms of how they design for each year, every, every year, like the stages for Sony and Xbox are completely different. Even Ubisoft and, um, uh, Bioware before they got acquired by, by Microsoft. And so that was always really cool because it helped to reinforce some kind of theme of that year or some kind of like, I don't know, like just how they get all their ducks in a row. And when I, when I compare that to what they're doing currently online, it it strikes me as either they're kind of out of touch with what the, the gamers are looking for, or it becomes like the, what we talked about in the past about how there's like this one upmanship where it's like, and Sony and Microsoft are kind of the main players of this where they don't have like just one showing. It's like they, they've kind of gone into this weird trickling where like they'll have like the Sony state of play and then Microsoft will have developer diaries or whatever. And it's, it's this weird like progress report thing, but like, because everything is so half baked and work in progress and not done. And I don't know, like, I'm just like, guys, can we just like, go back to E3 when like we, there was like the, a certain specific date that we all work towards and that, you know, you, you polish what you have to the best of your ability. So that way we, the fans can get excited about it. Cause most of what I'm seeing, it's either already been announced or like I said, it's so early in development that you're just like, well, <clears throat> it looks like it has potential. You know, I don't know. There, there's kind of a, a difference in, in response, in my opinion. Let's say you there, Yeah. I, one, one criticism I've had with E3 is that there's too much of other stuff going on other than just the games. Like, I just really want to see, I want to hear a short word from the developer and, and maybe a anecdote or two. And then I really want to see the game. I mean, the talk only goes so far and then you want to see the goods. Yeah. And like, for example, I remember in E3, like when Anthem came out and even then, like everything was supposed to be done and they like totally forged this whole <laughs> like video of like, yeah. this is exactly how the game is going to be. We're like, that, if that's the case, it looks incredible. But I have no freaking idea about the story, but, and they had like panels and stuff. I remember like people came out and sat and shared like, oh, this is what the story is going to be. You're like, what in the world are you talking about? Yeah. And then the game came out and it looked nothing. It was, oh boy. It looked nothing like E3. And the game was completely flawed and should have been, you know, beta and for a while. But anyhow, but like that was the date everything was supposed to be done. Even then you had a lot of fluff Mm -hmm. uh, happen and you just, I found myself wanting to fast forward to just the game trailers. And I remember sometimes Microsoft would do that and Ubisoft would do that. And then Sony would come in and they would go, Hey, what's happening? Here's some like first you party titles and it would be back to back to back. I think it was like Spider-Man and then yeah. God of War. Were like, and then Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Yep. This is crazy. So <clears throat> I think there's a, a middle ground perhaps of, uh, you know, for sure having stuff done mm-hmm. or good enough to show and at least acknowledging, Hey, this is run on a PC. Hey, this is run on, you know, the actual PS five or 
this is beta footage, you know, something a little you know, more honest than they have been, which I think that's the case. But yeah. um, like Ubisoft, for example, they would have like bands come out and dancers and bunch of stuff. And you're like, what's happening here? Why don't we just get to the games? Yeah. But and so I would say like, like the way they've been doing it lately, even though it's just been like trickling here and there and whatever, it's been more streamlined, mm. I guess, which I've appreciated. Very nice, Steve. Yeah, I just I I miss the the sense of of it being an event. Yeah, and like I said, there's just a difference in in terms of like if you have something that's an online event versus something that you can actually watch and you can see like it's more of like that physical location. I don't know. I I really I I think I I prefer it that way. Mm. But alas, it doesn't seem like that is going to happen anymore. So eh. You know, and what's interesting is that it's like it's kind of like like there there is this um, unified response to that. It was like one publisher said that they weren't going to come to E three, and then it was kind of like this domino effect of like then another publisher said, "Well, we're not going to come," and then a little while later, another publisher said backing <clears throat> out, and you know, you're just like, why is why is it always just one? way like why i don't know like i would think that there would be certain publishers who are like oh no we're, we're gonna attend we're still gonna go and now that we have all this extra time available we'll just eat it all up or or whatever the the reason may be i want to think that to some extent they're afraid of the backlash you keep talking i'm gonna get us our waters <clears throat> for example like if you think about uh halo halo and finite halo so they're one, they came out with their game and oh, excuse me. <clears throat> okay. Wow. That's, um, yeah, it totally made me lose my thought. Uh, Halo, right. So, and then, <laughs> so they came out thinking like, this is the game we're going to show. And the game of course looked terrible. I had a, terrible fan reception to it. They had to go back to not necessarily formula, but they had really had to delay the game a bunch. And I think the streaming part, well, I, I want to say that it allows them to escape. Like, right, we're just not going to present. Like we're not, we don't have to show up. We don't have to have uh, a copy of the game ready. We just won't do it. And we'll let Microsoft do it. Or we'll let some other publishers go in our stead sort of thing. And it kind of saves them that criticism and that backlash and that kind of negative press. And then they'll finish up the game and release it and come what may. Yeah. Interessante. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know, Steve. What is interesting, though, is that the, you know, typically E3 is 2.5 months away from now, roughly speaking. <clears throat> Let's go water around. Nothing but high quality H2O in the Joygasm studio. So, regardless, I mean, I think it's still around that same time. We are going to get a kind of a steady stream of what everybody's working on, what they're doing, that sort of thing. Ah. But see, that's one of the weird things, too, is that when you watch one of these online presentations, they're not being displayed in 4K. Like, oftentimes, the graphics, like the, the video that they're showing is kind of pixelated. So you're not really getting an accurate, just like Octopath. Just like, well, no, that, that's the good way. 
No, but what I what I think is interesting is that like when you would watch the press conferences from the physical location, for whatever reason, like when they would pipe the video through, it was more of a broadcast as opposed to a stream. Yeah. And so the games would actually look noticeably better. Like you, you would get a much better idea of, of what to expect. But with these um, these online types of approaches, it's almost like you have to wait a couple of days until the 4K version comes out and then watch that because that's a much better or closer one-to-one of what to expect. Yeah. Anyway, I say let's get into our topic of the day, which is the Octopath Traveler 2. Mm. Sounds good, Riley. Now, I had played the first game uh, on my Nintendo Switch. I never beat the game. Of course. Primarily because my daughter has taken over my Nintendo Switch Mm. and is playing uh, Splatoon and Animal Crossing Mm. and Mario Kart, just to name a few. Ah. So I, yeah, it's very difficult for me to be able to get my grubby hands back onto my Nintendo Switch, but that's okay. That's quite all right. However, I um, I did manage to get uh, a ways into the first game, and I found myself really enjoying it. I loved the the graphical art direction that they had, and I liked the premise of the game. So then when I heard that they were making a sequel, I was really excited for that too. And the sequel not only came out on the Nintendo Switch, but also it came out on the PS5. L PlayStation. Yeah, which, which is weird that it didn't come out on Xbox because the original Octopath Traveler eventually made its way onto Game Pass. Yeah. And it was on there for a while. I actually downloaded it. <laughs> didn't play it. And then, like, <laughs> I saw that it was leaving soon, and I was like, ah, because I, I really do enjoy playing it on a larger screen and, and so forth. But Octopath Traveler 2, Steve. Mm. And uh, it is a, a really nice return to the 2.5D retro pixel hmm. graphical world. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it isn't though, Russ, because you see, oh, what is it, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> you see, we've moved on from that. What do you mean moved we've on moved from that? We've moved on from how games are kind of pixely and, you know, they, there's so much more that, that they could do with the game, I, f- I find myself like in the middle of battle going, well, I wonder how my character actually looks. Like if he wasn't just like a collection of squares and sprites and whatever he is, <laughs> like, you know, what else, what, what would he look like? You know, sort of thing, like he's got two squares for eyes, he's got a bunch of square. It's like a game you would play on Game Gear, mm. you know, or like a mobile game. Mm. And then they, but I mean, it's cool that they have like, oh, you know, the foreground is, is kind of 3D or something. And they have a lot of lighting features. I'm like, that's really cool. How would it look like if they did everything else <laughs> next gen, you know? And I keep wondering that throughout the whole game. So how many hours have you gotten into the game so far? I should have checked that before I left, Russ, but I uh, I didn't. <laughs> Let but me. Ask, how many uh, how many travelers have you found? I have found two, and I've made a townsperson follow me as well. Yeah, he has about five <laughs> hours into the game. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not the graphics aren't going to prove any either. Right? Uh, well, well, in terms of where you go, like first of all, the world has a ton of different vistas that you can go check out. What I was also going to say, too, is that as you go along and you are fighting against the bosses, 
the um, the bosses actually have a more sophisticated presentation, visually speaking. So, mm. like when you're fighting, you know, you have your your standard characters, and they, and they look like the you know the kind of the 16 bit uh, yes. retro style kind of thing. Very. But then the the bosses actually take up like most of the screen, uh-huh. and they no longer look pixely and everything. They actually have like an anime. Our art style, mm. kind of like when you were um, selecting which hero you wanted to start with, and you saw all that art, sure. that concept art. Sure, it's kind of like that. And so you do, you know, while your heroes don't get to do that necessarily, you do like when you have some of those boss. Well, actually, it's, it's it's every boss fight. Then you will get um, a bump up, and actually, even their their little henchmen also get a bump up in those types of boss fights. So, not enough for us. If you would have played a little more of that, Steve, you would have well, I mean, seen that. So I started <laughs> out as the... Do you start out as the guy in Koo? Or do you start out... You, you choose your your person, right? And they start out... Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah, okay. So I started out with, with the guy in Koo. Yeah, okay. So you were the you were the warrior. You were the, the Asian yeah. warrior. Dressed in red. Mm. Black hair. Indeed. Little sword. <laughs> that one actually... Um, I just have to throw in there really quick. Really cool beginning of, of his story in particular, like the, the battle sequences and everything else. But I saw like the, you, you fight your friend uh-huh. and you know, he's blown up. And then later on when I, I found one of the other travelers, which one's Steve? The chick. Which chick? There's and many chicks. starts with an A. And Angie, not Angie. Agnia. Agnia. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, find her, and of course you face the boar, and yeah, you forget that. Did you forget? Well, it? if she wait, the boar—that's I don't think that's Agnia. That's Agnia. I literally just did that over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> the other one I haven't I haven't gotten to the boss yet. Oh. It's the merchant uh, guy. Uh, merchant guy. Yeah, he's kind of a merchant. He is. Yeah, like he had to like buy buy a bunch of silver, and then you pawned it off, and you were buying other goods, and you helped build a town. Yeah, I think uh, his name is like now. Patricio or something that like that. That sounds about right, Russ. It's about ninety percent right, I think. I'm not. I don't think I'm saying it correct. <laughs> so, Patio. So you actually have three characters. <laughs> I have the main character. You have Ku. Yeah. Uh, which actually, that's not his name. That's that's, that's, the, that's the land that's that the he's la- from. The town, yeah. yeah the, the town. For the honor of Koo. The kingdom. Yes. So, and then, you, and then you have Agnia. So you actually have three characters in your in your band. Well, yeah, I just figured my main character was not an acquired character. I acquired two people, and I used Agnia to summon somebody else who was kind of strong. Like, I tried to duel him when I first got her, and he, like, beat me up. I'm like, ooh, come with me. <laughs> Yeah, Agnia, I believe, is the one who has the ability to allure people. Yeah, and she's like super sweet and dances all the she's time, like a little tw- a twirl. Yeah, and, ding, and everybody's like, la, 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 la. yeah, yeah. Very nice, dude. Okay. Yeah, that, that was a good choice though to, to go with that one because, like I said, as you go along through right. the the game and you, and you meet each one. Um, then you get to also play their particular stories as well. Did you did you do that with Agnia? I sure you? did, Russ. Ah. I remember you said to do that in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, they, it kind of tells you. It goes, hey, you want to get their story? Yeah. If not, you can just hear about it in the tavern. And I go, 
live the story or hear about the story. Like, you know, just all these small dialogue boxes and this happened and this happened. Yeah. I just thought that is, I never heard a story, but I just kind of saw how that would play out in my mind. I thought that was not going to be very fun. Yeah. No. Well, that, that's why I warned you ahead of time too. Like, Hey, always select yes. When you get those prompts, just right. because you're doing yourself as a gamer, a disservice because uh, that's part of the unique experience of this game is right. that you want to be able to see like what each hero's particular journey is all about. That's right. I just wish I, 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 I just really wish it wasn't so pixely. <laughs> What I will say, though, in contrast, uh-huh. so the game is actually, in my opinion, very relaxing to play. It's extremely relaxing to play. The music is very soft. It's very nice. The music's it's very, very good. soothing. Yeah. And after playing Resident Evil and trying to go to sleep, I'm like, no, I think I'll play some Octopath. And Seriously, like, yeah. Completely like clears my mind, and I'm like forgetting the day and. For that purpose alone, mm-hmm. it's actually quite nice. You know, I don't have to think too hard about it. And no. I mean, games are supposed to be my, that escape where, I mean, it's fun to kind of be excited and scared with the game, but then you don't have to be that way in every single game. <laughs> At some point, you just want to unplug, you know, just want to really want to game and relax and not have all, all the high tension. Mm-hmm. No, and, I, and this one's definitely relaxing. Why? I agree. No, it, it's absolutely the case where it's not a particularly complicated game. Uh, it's a game where like, if I just want to sit down on the couch and like, like you said, just relax. It's perfect. Like, and it's not even a game that like I have to play for tons and tons of uh, hours at mm. a time. I could literally sit down and play for a couple hours. And it's like, okay, cool. And then I may, maybe I'll go play Overwatch or whatever. You know what I appreciate? One feature I appreciate? What do you appreciate, Steve? There, if you hit the shoulder button mm-hmm. while the characters are, are talking, like they're just, there's going to be some dialogue. It's yeah. not, not you walking over and just interacting with a tra- another NPC. Yeah. But it's actually like this dialogue is supposed to happen. You can hit the shoulder button and it just plays like normal. You don't have to keep clicking the button again and again and again and again to advance the dialogue. You know about that? I, I remember there was like this little, like, I don't know what you call it. Like, mm. like these this little playback feature that appears in the lower right-hand corner. Where it's like, in the lower right-hand corner. Yeah. I didn't know you could play it back. I just I just literally hit the shoulder button by accident, and then it just started auto-advancing. Because I thought, man... This is going to be a long time. I was holding the X button. Like, and they're going, I'm afraid. Click. Why are you afraid? Click. Because I don't want to do this. Click. Do you want to do that? Click. I'm like, mm. you know, <laughs> so I found that feature. And I just started like watching it and then like lifting weights or something while everybody was talking. Like, this is actually kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. I need to play more with that because, um, I agree. I think when it comes to having to press the X button after every, right dialogue bubble it's like oh this is kind of laborious and right. i just i would rather have the the conversation just flow and it sounds like that's what happens yeah. when you we approach it that way yeah so that's good mm. i actually started with thorne mm. who is the uh, the thief oh. like she's kind of well she's kind of like the assassin mm. thief type of uh character so i've kind of gone i've gone around uh, a bit differently than you i actually have amassed all eight travelers. Yeah. And so it's been really cool because now the, the world map has opened up and, and what happens is, is that each hero has their own um, set of chapters within their story. So as you 
finish chapter one, chapter two, you'll notice that the next chapter will then appear somewhere on the world map. And it's up to you as to like, okay, do I want to continue on that particular hero's journey or should I check out this other hero's journey or whatever? And the game kind of guides you a little bit too in the sense that as you go higher and higher with the chapters, the recommended level that you should be at goes higher and higher as well. So it's kind of, I mean, in a way it, they are gently kind of guiding and nudging you like, Hey, you probably don't want to go here yet. Cause you're not, you're, you're basically going to get destroyed. Why don't you go over <coughs> here instead? And that way I think it, it helps to encourage this like balance of, of finding out about each hero's story as it progresses. So I think that's really nice in terms of the graphics themselves. Like I'm a big fan of the intentional retro look. I think it's really cool how it harkens back definitely to the 16 bit days, but yet sure. they've updated it to a certain extent where all the environments have kind of that 2.5 D 3d look. It's also the shallow depth of field I think is really cool. So as you're traversing the different places, certain things come in and out of focus. Um, the music, like you said, is also a lot of fun. You know, like like the the battle music's great. And honestly, like when you think of Square Enix, <clears throat> they're known for having good music in most of their games. You know, and this is no different. This is a, another JRPG that they've done. And so it's fun to like whether you go into a cavern or you go into a graveyard or a dungeon or you're going into a town or you know some open meadows, whatever the case may be they have a nice selection of music that goes along with it. I mean, honestly, I could probably listen to that soundtrack while I'm doing something else entirely, and it would just be this lovely uh, music to the ears, so to speak. I'm glad they left it at turn-based, too. Oh, yeah, it's totally cl it's classic turn-based. I think that's a good thing. I, I know at some point back in the day, a lot of the turn-based RPGs were kind of shunned upon because I think everybody did it that way and everybody was looking for the next best thing. Yeah. They're waiting for the hardware to catch up and the software to catch up and whatnot. But I kind of like it in a sense, especially with a game like this where it's just kind of easy to play. Final Fantasy used it, like Final Fantasy 7, 8, but you had to really stay focused because if it was your turn, it, there, there were timing yeah. with every character, including the enemy. So if you're going, ah, should I do a spell? <laughs> should I heal him? Should I do a big attack? Or what should I do? And then the enemy's attack would be ready. He would just like hit you and kill you. Yeah, I remember that where like it, it, there was some kind of bar and like they were kind of moving closer to right. like being able to take another turn. So you, yeah, yeah there, there was kind of an urgency associated right. with the battle. This game doesn't have that. This game right. still has a bar that shows like whose turn's next. Yes. And, um, you know, in terms of what the characters are capable of, for me, you know, well, I, I mentioned earlier, I'm about 30 hours in, so I've been able to level up my characters. <clears throat> I think the majority of my characters are now hovering around level 20, 22, somewhere mm. around there. And it is a lot of fun to have unlocked, like, several abilities for each hero. The magic, in particular, is also very uh, satisfying to watch. You're at level 22, and you have, like, how many hours into the game? 30. I'm like level 15 going on 16. Yeah, but you're playing the game differently than I am. So you only have three people in your band. Right. I made it a point to actually go around and collect all eight before I started in earnest, like pushing forward within their stories and that sort of thing. So I'm essentially having to swap in and out because you can only have a maximum of four 
heroes in your squad or your your band as you go along and you're you're fighting and that sort of thing. So what I'm having to do is like, you know, I'll level up a couple of the characters to a certain level and then I'll pull them out and pull, you know bring in some of the, the other ones that are lower level. So I'm having to kind of manage eight consecutive heroes. <laughs> but I mean, that's I think that's part of what I think is cool about this game is that you know your experience is going to be different than my experience. Mm. Um, they all eventually will go into this general direction. But I think it's cool how, like, you know, if you wanted to focus on, like, say, like, your main character and go through every single chapter of that character, you could. You, you know, it's possible, like, you could just focus on doing that. Um, but for someone like me, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of all about collecting everybody, seeing what the, what they're capable of, and then kind of cherry-picking which ones are, like, my mains and... <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think I think it's a it's a really refreshing game to play. I, I just I, I I will say, and you know, when, when you're talking to different town folk, the dialogue is a little on the simplistic side. Like it's it's not uh, it's not it's not a performance, or the, I should say, the story itself is. You could tell it's geared a little bit more toward a younger audience. So I tend to kind of check out a little bit through that. Um, but I mean, that I would say that is probably the main weakness that I've noticed about the game is that is, is, is the story itself. But in terms of like the combat, I think it's fun. It's like, you know, it's, it, you don't, it's not like you have to really put a lot of thought into it, but you do in terms of like strategizing how you want to survive, and especially when you get toward the later bosses, like you can't just like, absent-mindedly attack you you do have to come up with a strategy do i have another healing grape yeah <laughs> i love these healing grapes <laughs> you got any more olives i need some oh, more of those boy. timmy died again <laughs> <laughs> yeah i haven't learned any like really any spells like the one spell i've learned with agnia was like a wind spell yeah. and that's like the only thing i know i'm just using items after that yeah it's because you haven't come across the actual like mages so to speak yeah the wizard Mm -hmm. characters there are a couple of them that you'll come across and and it's very satisfying like you'll come across like your healers you're like you already have your main hero that you started with he's one of the warriors so so essentially you have like all the the classic classes Mm. of uh heroes that are to be expected in that an RPG. But I mean, I just love, I love the idea. Like as I'm like doing exploring around the, the different worlds or not worlds, but different like locations and distance and stuff. I love finding the treasure chests. Like to me, that's such a, a callback to like the, the old school Zelda days and like, like lunar, the silver star story. And you know, so many other RPGs that came out back in the day that, it, you know, something as simple as that, like you come across, like, you know, you see a Brown treasure chest and you're like, oh, okay, cool. I got another grape or pomegranate or whatever. And then you see a red chest. And you're like, Ooh, I bet there's something nicer in that one. And then an olive. Yeah. Somebody was storing an olive in a treasure chest. There's only one olive <laughs> yeah, in the entire treasure chest. <laughs> I think it's a, let me ask you this, Russell. Mm. You're gonna hate this question. Oh, that's good. Do you think sixty bucks was a bit too pricey for this game? No, because the game itself is long. Like, like, like I'm saying, I have thirty hours so far into the game, and I'm here to tell you oh. that 
I I think the highest chapter I'm on for any one of the heroes is three. Now, I don't know how many chapters there are total for each hero, but I'm here to tell you that like there's I think there's still a long way to go with this game. So, yeah, I, I think that um, it's it's worth it's definitely worth it. I wouldn't pay 70 for it, but I think 60 is, is fair. I would say maybe yeah, I mean, <sighs> 50 may have been a more appropriate price. But having said that, though, I mean, like, again, this game is intentionally designed to be more of like a, a retro style game. And, you know, when, when I think about other games like Ori, I like Ori, you know, um, or like some of the other ones that are escaping my mind. Wasn't there was one called Inside? Mm, I like Inside. You know, so so you have a collection of games. I mean, in fact, there's a, another game that's supposed to be coming out this year uh, called Replaced. Again, oh. it has that intentional retro pixel style to it. But again, I personally really dig that intentional art direction uh, when it comes to those particular games. So, and that, that one's going to be more of like a cyberpunk-ish kind of uh, genre of a game. And in terms of this, it just gets, it hits me in the nostalgia feels. And I think that that's what's really cool is that they could have easily gone with like a flattened 2D pixel experience. And I think that would have been bad. I do think that like how they've approached it in, in both games definitely lends itself to like, okay, this this is like a charming little world. It's almost like you have a magnifying glass and you're kind of looking down and you're like, oh. But I do agree with you. It would have been nice. Here's my thing. Here's my solution. Because going back to what you were talking about earlier about how you can't really see your characters. Right. I think the simple fix would have been um, whenever you are having um, some kind of dialogue to actually have like the lower third appear, like instead of having the bubbles kind of a pop up above like where the, the characters are, actually have like a lower third appear and then have like a 2D cell animated head, like a portrait of whoever the hero is that's speaking, have it fully articulated to the voiceover itself so that like it's almost like <laughs> yeah. this like really high production value anime animation that you're watching and I think that would have been a nice fix for what you're talking about because yeah. I felt the same way where it's like man I really want to be able to see like a nice detailed um, approach to the heroes that I'm into but unfortunately you know they're, they're just these little you know pixelated blocky cutesy little characters again by itself it's not bad but I do think that would have been a great addition to what we saw. And I probably would have been more engaged in the story just right. because I would just have fun looking at that. And, and even, you know, Lunar the Silver Star story did that. Shining you know, Force did that. Shining Force did that too. You know, you, you definitely have like this kind of um, really nice headshot portrait thing uh, of, of the character that's speaking mm -hmm. And especially in today's world where you have so much more memory and, and hardware performance, that sort of thing, they could completely make it like as if you were watching Princess Mononoke or whatever. <laughs> and, and you have that exchange and you could even have a head on each side. You know, you right. could have them facing each other and then, you know, taking turns um, emoting and expressing and all that kind of stuff. I think that would be cool. I mean, maybe for Octopath Traveler 3, if they do, in fact, do one, maybe they could incorporate that as, as part of the upgrade. I'm hoping at the end, the ending, they completely wow us with 
like this totally pre-rendered Final uh, Fantasy VII remake yeah. graphics. <laughs> yeah, like, oh my gosh, that's beautiful. <laughs> you know, it's like like the like artwork that's in the beginning of the game, which I like, by the way. That's like that's a nice backdrop. But if they had that moving, that kind of style, I'd be like, finally, that's a big reward for all this stuff. If they have it as just pixely characters and more dialogue boxes, it's going to be a letdown. I have to make a correction. I think the way you pronounce the merchant's name is Particio. There's an R in there, I want to say. Okay. Thank you for that. I'll remember him as Patio. <laughs> so what else do you think about the game, Steve? Well, um... <laughs> work brain. Uh, I, well, it's just, it's just basic, honestly. I mean, like, that whole sequence with the Particio... Like they're in the desert, for example, to begin with, and it just it looks too it just I can't I can't let go of it, Rose. It looks too basic. They don't do enough with it. And speaking of like just be feeling removed, I mean the whole since it doesn't look next gen, it it is removing. Mm. Honestly. It's mm. it's disengaging. It is fun to kind of grind and beat up these things, you know. I think they use the the voiceover a little bit too much. Like, I can't. They do the classic Japanese thing of like when you have the dot dot dot. They do the. <sighs> well, that's not, that's actually what I was not going to. Uh-huh. Like when you win, I'm the warrior, and when I win, a, 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 a Hikari is who you are, Steve. Whatever, Ku guy, <laughs> the man from Ku. <laughs> He'd be like, oh, I, you, you, I, my honor, don't honor me over too much. It dulls my blade. Yeah. Or then he'll say, oh, for the honor of coup. But like you, you multiply that by 56. For the honor of coup, for the honor of coup, for the honor of <laughs> I get it. Okay. <laughs> I freaking get it. Every battle you do is for the honor of coup. You know, mm. I kind of wanted them to do the more fun of fantasy approach, which was they do a little dance and troll their weapon. And then like, you know, Cloud puts his sword in the back. I mean, they do kind of do that. Like when they do, when they are victorious, especially when they level up, but they keep on talking and the same thing. That's because you need to find more of them. Like <sighs> that's that's the trade-off. Is like you you only have two, and up till just recently you now have three. But the the thing is, is that when you have like a full roster of characters, especially when one of them levels up, the one who levels up is the one who speaks. Mm-hmm. But so, see, but see, one thing you said earlier, which was the dialogue is kind of childish. Yes. You see, Russ. I'm not necessarily a child anymore. Yes, you are. I got gray hair for crying <laughs> out loud. You're a man I'm child. Freaking bald, Russ. I've aged Just a like bit. a baby. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> so in that sense... <laughs> It's again disengaging because the, the dialogue is just kind of ho hum. It's there's nothing Bearded that's baby. Oh, <laughs> somebody um, burnt the baby. 
Anyway. The bottom line though, Russ, is it, it's it's fun and relaxing to play. But beyond that, I, I do miss a lot of the stuff that the system can do. Sure. Retro, I, I get the whole thing that they're trying to go with. And it's cute. I just wish there was more of a payoff. I do think that some of the initial reasoning behind why they decided to go this route is because the first game was designed for the Nintendo Switch. Mm. And so when you're operating on a smaller screen, um, I do think that there is also a different type of experience that you do have versus like if you're playing on like a 65 or 70 inch screen, you're like, well, I don't understand why they went this way. And it's like, well, yeah, because you, you have all this additional real estate. See, the thing with Ori was that Ori, you thing and inside, for example, yeah, is that utilized a lot more stuff in the background that was really cool and kind of next gen. So there was, like, you'd be walking along and then you, you would have something, I think it was like a, some sort of guillotine looking thing that was swinging in the foreground and the background and the foreground. Sure. And like, and it, it was completely three, it was really impressive. There was so much stuff that was impressive about the that game. Yeah even non-verbal stuff and you were we were drawn in oh yeah and Ori was just wonderful to play and they had kind of the same thing like with that frog for example the frog comes out in my mind where you're walking up like I'm supposed to see something here and all of a sudden this big blobby creature comes out and it's 3D yeah. against 2D and then it just meshes so well and there, so there's things that wow me as the player playing the game and they don't even you know have any dog all it's just Oh, he's saying this. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think that um, Ori is overall a stronger title yeah. than, than Octopath Traveler 2. But I do think it like what I really enjoy about it is what we've already talked about, which yeah. is that it is the type of game where if I just want to relax mm. but play something, mm. that is a great option. And, you know, and it's fun, too, to kind of go back and forth because, like, if I'm playing a game where the the graphics engine is clearly, like, next-gen, you're just like, oh, my goodness. Like, the, you know, you go, you play Resident Evil 4, for example, and then you take a break. It's like, oh, I want to play some Octopath. It is nice to kind of have, like, this big change-up in terms of the art direction and, uh, you know, graphics fidelity, that sort of thing. So, um, I myself... Am planning on on beating the games. I never beat the first game, and what's nice is is that again, it's not the kind of game where you feel like you have to stay with it all the time, like like play nothing else, otherwise you may forget like how to play or whatever. It's it's a very accessible title, mm. and so I think that that this will be one that I can just bounce back and forth with as I'm playing some of these other games, but. Uh, I'm not sure if if you are going to be following suit. What's what's your overall plan there, Steve? Plan, Russ, is to keep playing it before I go to sleep at night. That's actually a good plan because I I mean, uh, has has your uh, sleeping cycle been improving since you've well, been playing it before you go to bed? Yes and no. I mean, most for the most part, <laughs> yes. Like uh, I was, I had a ton of stuff on my on my mind the other night. And I was about to go to bed. I'm like, there is no way my mind is going to let me sleep. And so I played Octopath for like an hour and a half. And then I thought, ah, I feel pretty relaxed. And my kind of thoughts that were just random anyway uh, went away. And it's good to go. It's true. It's very yeah. true. I've had the same kind of deal. Have you? I have indeed, Steve. Yeah. Well, that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. 
Thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm where you can enjoy exclusive perks and early access to the show. Not to mention, it continues to financially help us do the podcast. Also, make sure you click on that subscribe button as well as that notification bell. That way you will not miss a single episode of Joygasm that drops once a week each week. You can also do a search for at Joygasm TV, spelled J-O-Y-G-A-S-M TV on your social media platform of choice. And last but not least, you could also join us on Twitch. Just go look for, do a search for Joygasm TV. And uh, we play every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We thank you all for hanging out with us, and we look forward to reconvening next week when we play Resident Evil. We'll see you then.